Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on WXAN Radio out of Ava, Illinois. My, how we are thankful to our Lord Jesus Christ for Danny and Leanne, for their their beautiful facility here, their ministry, their mission. And through the WXAN radio format, wow, I'm so grateful God brought Danny and Leanne into my life, into my family's life. And that's a remarkable story. Maybe sometime I'll share that with you, a testimony of how God used Danny and Leanne, wonderful Christian people, to come into my life just a year, less than a year ago. It's amazing. Nothing happens by chance as a believer in God and how God brought us together and how gracious they have been to allow me to preach and teach the Word of God here on these beautiful airways of WXAN Radio. If you're listening locally, that's not happenstance that you tuned in. You're at 103.9 FM. God wants you to listen for the next few minutes. This is the Good Tidings Radio broadcast at 11 o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time on Saturdays. And we're glad to be here and be part of the programming here at WXAN. I do want to encourage you to give faithfully to WXAN. Give financially. Give, uh, give of your prayer time. Uh, de- donate Bibles. I know they do a wonderful, wonderful work here. God raised up this ministry for a reason and put Danny and Leanne in charge of it because he knew as faithful stewards they would do the word of the work of God. But they can't do it alone. We got to have one another. So give unto God by giving unto this ministry and supporting it. God will bless you. Souls are going to be saved. Jesus is going to be exalted. And the truth of the Word of God will not be shut down by secular media, but will be proclaimed from the hillsides of this windswept, beautiful area called Ava, Illinois. God is using it to get this, His Word, across the world. So be a blessing to WXAN. Okay, I want you to think this morning. I want to go into a message in Daniel chapter number 2. We're going to take a text there. Daniel chapter number two. I want to speak to you this morning. I suppose if I had to title the message, sometimes I title them, sometimes I don't. I'm not the most creative person in coming up with a title. I just really like to use what the Bible says and somehow put it in there. But if we had to title today's message, I would title it, In Times Like These, There Is a God in Heaven. In Times Like These, There Is a God in Heaven. Now, we're glad you're tuned in. Blow the dust off your Bible. Open it up to Daniel chapter number 2. Go to verse number 27 and verse number 28. And I want you to be relaxed today, Christian friend, knowing that God is still in control. God is still in control. Look at Daniel chapter number 2 and verse number 27. Daniel 2, verse 27. Glad you're here today. Wherever you may be listening in from across this great country, tell your friends. Text your friends now. Email them. Tell them the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on. I am David Pinkerton, accompanied by my wife, Dorinda. If you want to contact me, you're welcome to do that. Many of you have. The email address is drdave, that's D-R-D-A-V-E, one three, drdave, one three, at gmail.com. DrDave13 at gmail.com. You can contact us. We would be glad to visit with you and help you any way that we could. All right, Daniel chapter 2. In times like these, there is a God in heaven. Verse 27. 
The Bible says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto thee the king? Verse 28, But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed. Ladies and gentlemen, in times like these, there is a God in heaven. I sub- submit to you but this morning by introduction. Years ago, the very first Russian cosmonaut, Yuri Gargarian. As you know, Russia's still in the news with their invasion of Ukraine. Keep praying for souls to be saved, for the missionaries, for the good people who are seeking refuge, and that an end of this conflict would be Keep looking up, though, because Jesus is coming. These are one of the birth pains of the signs in Matthew 24 that indicate we are in the last days. Christ is coming. Russia's invasion. But years ago, when the first Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gargarian returned from his trip to space, he said, of course, being a communist, he said, I do not see God in space. Well, Frank Bowman, or rather Frank Borman, he said, I didn't see God either, but I did see evidence that God lives. Frank Borman was an American astronaut that went up. He said, I didn't see God either, but I did see evidence that he lives. John Glenn, the very famous astronaut, we know of Mr. Glenn, he said, and I quote, I don't think anybody can look out the window, see the earth, and not believe in God. End of quote. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a non-negotiable truth. There is a God in heaven. As night follows day and day follows night, God lives. The Bible is right. And as Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Job 22, verse 14. And he walketh, that's God, walketh in the circuit of heaven. In Psalm 115, verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. God never takes an opinion poll to decide where what he's going to do, or what he's or what he's going to where he's going to be, or what he's going to do next. He always acts according to his own sovereign will, his own plan, his own purpose, his own program, his own path. God never operates by chance, folks. God operates by choice. Robert Browning said, and I quote: "God is in His heaven." And all is right with the world. End of quote. I feel better about this thing already just knowing what the Bible says. God's signature appears on every page of human history. Do you know that? His signature appears on every page of human history. The poet said, the author said, rather, my father is omnipotent, and that you can't deny. A God of might and miracle, it is written in the sky. End of quote. You see, you never have to ask God for his ID. You never have to ask God for his passport. You don't have to ask him for his credentials. You don't have to ask him for his visa. You don't have to ask him for his fingerprints. They're all written everywhere. You can look across this beautiful thing called the earth and see that God exists. If not, you're willfully blinded. And I'm convinced that all the trillions of stars reflect God's glory. In Isaiah 66 and verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth 
is my footstool. End of scripture. Folks, there is a, a God in heaven. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Behold, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, that's Christ, as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now, I'm encouraged, folks. I'm enthralled. I'm excited. I'm thrilled today when I read what Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. And you should be too, praise God, whom having not seen, none of us have physically seen Jesus. If you think you have, you were under some form of anesthesia or some kind of a hallucinogen. Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, now, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In Hebrews eleven six, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Jesus said, and I love to quote Jesus, you know that in John chapter 3 and verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Folks, listen closely. You don't get to heaven by being a good person. You do not make it into heaven's gate by giving enough money to a charitable organization. Those things are good, and they have a place. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved to do good works. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it said about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power or with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good. Every Christian should be known for doing good, but we're not good because we do good. We've been made good because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus through personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone as our personal Savior. To believe on Jesus in the Gospel of John alone, the various form of the word believe, believeth, believing, is used over 90 times. It means to trust in God, to trust in Christ to be your Savior, not to trust in your good works, not to trust in your name, not to trust in your baptism, not to trust in your sacraments, not to trust in your religious dogma or your Sunday school card or your Sunday school pen, but to trust or to believe in your lodge. Trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone to be your personal Savior. That's what it means to believe on Jesus Christ. Amen. You're not condemned when you believe on Jesus, recognizing I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Folks, we have no hope. The best day you've lived on this earth wouldn't buy you the doorknob of a mansion in heaven, and you know that. You have no hope of making heaven. The sacraments won't get there. There is no religious affiliation that can get you there. The Pope cannot get you there. The Baptist minister cannot take you there. He can tell you how to get there, but you must come to Christ by faith and believe on Him, and, or, in other words, trust Him to be your Savior by asking Him to come into your heart. I want to give you that opportunity now. Would you like to be a Christian and be born again, to know Christ as your Savior? Follow me in this simple prayer and mean it from the sincerity of your heart. 
recognizing you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You have no hope. You're hopeless. That's how God wants us to come to him. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone as my personal Savior and take me to heaven. Amen. In John chapter 3 and verse 36, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son, in other words, trusteth on Jesus, hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Christ died vicariously on the cross. That means he became our substitute. He was not a sinner. He was a sinless man, born of the virgin, raised and lived sinless to die on the cross as the sacrifice for the sins of the world. He shed his blood in our place. He was buried in the tomb and then resurrected the third day. He offers you life. Would you ask him to be your savior? He will save you. That's what it means to believe on Christ. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, or truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, Jesus speaking, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The moment you trust Christ by faith to save you, you're no longer condemned. You are now set free in Christ. You've been born again spiritually. You have a new nature. The Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of you, and you are on your way to heaven. You are a Christian. Acts 16, 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Peter said, Believe. Folks, in other words, you don't go by your feelings. Feelings are going to be up today, down tomorrow. Going to be like the stock market, up one day, down another day. The word believe, folks, is found 485 times in the New Testament of the King James Version. And the word feeling is only found five times. Believe on Christ. Trust Him. And then after you've done that, now, Christian, be a believer in what the Bible says. It's God speaking to you. When you open the Bible, you're opening the mind of God. It's God speaking to us. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Believe what God's Word says. It becomes a lamp unto our feet as a believer and a light unto our path. Read what it says. Study what it says. Get into God's house. Get into Sunday school. Get into Bible study. Study what the Scripture says. Don't try to explain it away or overemphasize it or over-explain over it. Just read what it says and let God the Spirit speak to you and then begin to do it. And as you do it, God begins to bless you. You begin to grow as a Christian spiritually. We must go to God, folks, and believe what he said as a believer, not only for salvation, but then for the rest of our life. Feelings come and feelings go. That's why we can't trust them. And feelings are deceiving. My only warrant is God's word. Nothing else is worth believing. You see, there's a God in heaven. He revealed his secrets, Daniel said of Nebuchadnezzar. And without any apology, hesitation, equivocation, or reservation, I boldly declare unto you that I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior, I believe in God the Father and God the Son, the Holy Spirit. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. It's infallible. It's inspired. It's impeccable. It's preserved. It is pure. It's pontifical. And folks, it's powerful. It'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your business. It will change your outlook on life, the Word of God. Amen. I can say confidently and compellingly and convincingly, Job chapter 19 in verse 25, 
Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Folks, there is a God in heaven. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. There is a God in heaven. There are six powerful, penetrating, pulsating words in verse number 28 that will change your mindset. Listen to Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. These six words will revive you, revolutionize you, resuscitate you spiritually, and revolutionize your thinking. Listen to Daniel 2, verse 28. But, there's one, there, there's two, is, there's three, a, there is four, God, five, in heaven. Actually, seven words. There's seven words that will change your life. There is a God in heaven. The atheist can say there's not. The agnostic says there's a God, but we can't know who that is. Only an empty-headed, spiritually vacant person would say that. There is a God in heaven. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There is a God in heaven. Ask Pharaoh. Pharaoh is dead. Think about this. Xerxes, he's dead. Cyrus is dead. Dorius from the Old Testament also is dead. Folks, uh, 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 Tiagalus of uh, uh, Pleasa, he's also dead. Sennacherib is dead. Folks, Sargon is dead. Nebuchadnezzar is dead in our text. Alexander is dead. The Herods are dead. The Caesars are dead. Napoleon is dead. Hitler is dead. Stalin is dead. Mao Zedong, he is dead. But Jehovah God still lives, and he's doing well, I'm glad to report. The poet said, and I quote, God is still on his throne. He will take care of his own. His promises are true. He will see you right through, for God is still on his throne. End of quote. It's 2022. People are, are frightened everywhere you turn. We're coming out of a pandemic. They're frightened by television, forecasts of another virus. They're frightened about war in, in the European countries. Don't be frightened, Christian friend. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Our mind is wrapped in the mind of Christ through the Scripture, and it is permeated with what? Not fear, but trust, confidence in God. There is a God in heaven. He's still alive. He sees fraudulent elections. He's going to fix the fraudulent elections. He's going to fix the things that have been done wrong in the United States of America. You can get by with it and politically have enough weight to get a court or someone else to convince and see something your way. But if you've done something wrong in the sight of the God that lives in heaven and you have violated his statutes and his word, he sees it. You will be accountable regardless of who you are, how much power you are. You will answer to God one day. He still lives. You see, Satan, he cannot do anything against God. Because God is in control. God only gives Satan what little power he must have, that he can have. He wouldn't have it if it wasn't for that. You see, it doesn't matter what people say. They can downgrade the Bible. They can say that God doesn't exist. They can say you have no hope. The, the forecast for, for the economy of the United States looks bad, looks bleak. And let me remind you of something today, please. i got to hurry. The answer for a recessed economy or inflation or a vibrant economy is not found in the White House. 
Yes, it does make a difference when you have the right policies in the right house that are conducive to a good economy. But the ultimate answer for the problems in the United States of America is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is Christians coming back to God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If you want to see a new America and you want to see rights corrected, God says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people, that is every Christian, every born again child of God, not the lost world, every born again child of God, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The only way America is going to be fixed is not through political vehicles. It's through Christian people getting right with God and beseeching God and begging God and putting God first in their life again and following the precepts of the Bible, not trusting infallible uh, political parties, but in a God that is undaunted and unmoved, who is there with us watching day and night and waiting for his people to call unto him. He said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll answer thee and show you mighty things which thou knowest not. Revival can happen. We need revival in America, in the pulpits, in the churches, in our lives, in our government. We need it in our society. We need to stand up and realize that we need to put Jesus first in our life. Revival can happen. Churches need to be revived, and you can be by getting back to the Bible, confessing of sin, and putting Jesus first. Don't put your ambition, don't put your mandate Don't put your schedule in front of the church. Put Jesus back in first place as the chief cornerstone and watch what God can do in your ministry, in your marriage, in your church, and in your life. He said, I will, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, hear from heaven and will, this is a promise, forgive their sin and will heal their land. I got to go. Time's running away. There's a God in heaven. Daniel said it. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 28, but there is a God in heaven. Do you know that God? And Christian, if you know that God, then are you serving him? His name is Jesus. Are you letting his mind be in you? Are you exalting him, telling other people about him? Are you living for him? Are you doing kind, good, gracious deeds like he did and that would glorify him? Are you cold, backslid, just hanging on till the rapture? There's no way of living. That's not an abundant life. Serve Jesus Christ. Put him first in your life. God loves you. Hey, Dorinda and I are glad to have been here today in the Good Tidings radio broadcast. Everything's okay, folks. There's a God in heaven. He's still in control. Keep looking to him, the author and the finisher of our faith, for there is a God in heaven. I bring you good tidings. 